Hey, welcome back to another episode of Stepping Forward Podcast. I'm Sarah Susov. And I'm Rachel Rollinson. And we are here to talk to you about all things step parenting. So today we wanted to chat a little bit about different terminology you might hear in online step parent support groups or even some in-person step parent Uh support groups if you're lucky enough to have one of those. Yeah. I think um, it was really confusing when I first started reading this stuff. I'm like, I have no idea what these acronyms mean. And then the trickier Mm -hmm. thing is that some acronyms have multiple meanings. So we're going to talk about some of them. And then sometimes you just have to ask like, wait, did that mean this or did that mean this? Yeah. (laughs) Or use context to figure it out. (laughs) Um, And sometimes different people use different acronyms for the same thing, too. So that can also be a little confusing. Um, So probably one we hear the most in our step-parent groups, because we're stepmoms, is BM for Biomom, Mm -hmm. not bowel movement, although that is a, a common joke. Yes. Amongst <laughs> a lot of step parents find that funny. Yeah. Like, Do you ever think like the way she treats people? Yes. <laughs> That's the most common one I see. Um, except for maybe like DH, which means dear husband, mm-hmm. or DF, which is dear fiance. Mm-hmm. Or um, FH, future husband. Future husband. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's also BF, which can stand for boyfriend, but it can also stand for bio father. Yes. Um, um, and then, of course, there's SD, which can be stepdad or stepdaughter. Yeah. And the thing I like about that that I've seen in a lot of the groups is that they um, will usually say like SD18 after. So that you know right. it's referring to a stepdaughter instead of like SD47 right. is doing this. <laughs> I've never seen that. Not saying it can't happen. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. I know. Huh? Um, SS for stepson. Uh-huh. Um, same deal there, but without as much confusion. SK for stepkid or yes. stepkids. Um, one of my favorite ones, though, is skids, skids for stepkids. I know a lot of people think that one's funny, too. <laughs> I mean, if you've ever washed their underwear, oh, it's gosh. fitting. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's true. Way too many skid marks going mm, on in the step so family sad. world. <laughs> the next one is... CP or NCP, it stands for custodial parent and non-custodial parent. We talk about that a lot. Um, in, yes. Yeah. Who has custody. Yeah. It's helpful. Um, CS for child support. CO uh, for court order. Yep. And then I've heard a lot in Utah it called OSC, order to show cause. Yes. Can you explain what that is? Because I'm not real clear on it. So an order to show cause is something that you can file in court asking the other parent to explain why okay. they are doing something that's not in compliance or aren't doing something that they should be doing. Okay. Um, and that gives them an opportunity, you know, so you would present your evidence with that, that they are not in compliance. Uh-huh. And then they have an opportunity to reply and explain why. Okay. Um, but if there's something that is written into the order that they're not doing or something that they're doing that's written in that they're not supposed to do, they can be held in contempt okay. for that. So an order to show cause is what you would use to initiate that process. Okay. So that might be more of like a situation in HC high conflict situation where it's hard to get along between the two parents. Yeah. Because if the parents are getting along, you're going to be able to bring that up with the other parent and just say, Hey, I noticed this is happening. Um, Can we talk about it? Mm -hmm. You know, versus like they're withholding the kids from you and not responding to any of your messages about why and not. Right. And that's what good time to file an OSC. 
right. Um, and in an emergency situation, a lot of times you might see T, uh, let's see. TPO. TPO. Temporary protective order. Yes. Okay. Um, or TRO for temporary restraining uh-huh. order, um, which is interesting because a restraining order, you usually think of it as holding someone back from doing something, but it can also be used to order someone to do something. Hmm, that's interesting. So you know a lot about court that I don't know. Yeah, well, I've had to learn about Go it. Go to it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that totally makes sense. Yeah, when we we got our most recent attorney, she was looking over the case and she was like, oh, you've done a pretty good job. Maybe you should have gone to law school instead of whatever <laughs> it is you got your master's whatever degree in. <laughs> I know, like no one can understand it, but, and, uh-huh. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, no thanks. Like I already have to live in this world a lot of the time anyway. It's I enough. don't want to. Yeah. I don't think I'd want to work for family law either. Oh my gosh, I would be a wreck all the time. Yeah, Because I would take it all so personally. Uh (laughs) (laughs) You'd learn how after a while. So there's some other acronyms we've talked about. Um, In-laws can be one. So like M-I-L would be Uh mother-in-law. F-I-L is father-in-law. You can have S-I-L for sister, B-I-L for brother-in-law. Right. And that's one you see in a lot of different groups, not just um, for blended families. There's also... um, E-O-W, which mm-hmm. is every other weekend mm-hmm. when people are talking about their schedule. I've seen that one abbreviated E-O-W-E as well. So that extra E on the end. I don't oh, know why. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. I, know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Someone's just really excited about the weekend. I know. <laughs> it gets two letters. It's me. I'm excited about the weekend. <laughs> right, me too. Um, and then you can get... Um, you know, IMO, in my opinion, mm-hmm. or IMHO, which is like in my honest opinion or in my humble opinion. Yeah. Which I always feel like I'm being a little sarcastic when I do that. Like, well, in my humble opinion. <laughs> my professional opinion, <laughs> but, IMPO. You know. Just kidding. That's not one. <laughs> I just want to make it one. <laughs> I'm a very important person. VIP. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, Um, oh, this is another one I've seen a lot. OP for original poster. So somebody will make a post and then I'm a little too close to the microphone. I'm like, it's okay. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) There's a skit um, with Jimmy Fallon and Justin Timberlake and it's from Jimmy Fallon's show. I'll have to look it up. And they are like saying all their P's really loudly and like spinning on each other. So like point pleasant police department. (laughs) And Dan and I do that to the kids whenever they accidentally spit on us. That's awesome. (laughs) I love that. Okay. So OP is referred to a lot when somebody makes a post, like say, for example, I made a post in a group and then people start to comment on it. They would call me OP. Um, It doesn't mean old person. (laughs) You old person. (laughs) Um, then we also have OT, which I don't see this one as often, um, but it can be original topic or off topic. Yeah. Um, oh, NSMR is one I've seen a lot, not stepmom related. (laughs) So that's like if they have a question about their bio kids or their hair or, right, you know, something like that. Anything that's not really step parent related is NSMR or Or NSDR. NSDR. Yeah. Uh Um, then we've got, uh, like LOL. I think most people know now that it means laugh out loud. I thought it was lots of love. I just sent <laughs> that to my mom after the funeral. Just kidding. I saw that. <laughs> oh, uh, shoot. Yeah, that one's fun. 
Um, and then PAS isn't a super common one, but it's parental alienation syndrome. Yeah. And we're going to talk just for a second about that. That's where one parent is actively trying to keep the kids away or alienate them mentally, emotionally, or physically from the other parent. Mm -hmm. So it might be something as small as not letting them know when parent teacher conferences are, or it might be telling them your dad's a really bad person and don't go hang out with him. Um, right. Or your mom is like, uh, all I'm thinking of is like, I don't know. Words that I shouldn't say on the podcast. <laughs> like your mom is trash, a trash human or something like right. that. So yeah. that would be an example of parental alienation. And that's something we see and hear about a lot. It happens in blended families a lot, um, especially I think it happens both intentionally and unintentionally. Yeah. So I think that as step parents, we need to be really conscious about that mm -hmm. and um I mean I know I've I'm sure I've made offhanded comments before that have impacted relationships in my family yeah um and that's something I've been working to be really cautious about mm -hmm. over the last few years yeah I think that's really good and me too I um used to get so frustrated with bio mom and things she'd do and mm -hmm. then I was talking to my step not my step cousin. She's my cousin. I don't have <laughs> but I was talking to her one day about the um, dad that she's dealing with. And she's like, I don't ever say anything bad about him in front of my son. Like yeah. I will talk bad about him, but to my other family when he's not there, because just to express frustration, not to right. be like, oh, he's such a garbage human. Right. And it can be hard because I think we also need to be careful about how we let our extended family talk around the kids as well. Yes. And it can be so, hard to yes. stand up to those people uh -huh. and say, Hey, you know, you can't talk like that around the kids. Yeah. You know, wait until they're out of the room, wait until yeah. they're, you know, with their mom and then we can talk exactly. about stuff. But um, yeah. yeah, it's, uh, that it's was something I had happened a lot when yeah. we first got married. Yeah. <laughs> um, sometimes people in Chris's family, they would say stuff like, Oh, if he ever divorces you, we're just going to keep you instead of him. And I'm like, well, that's not very nice. But right. <laughs> and they would also talk about Bayamo and be like, I can't believe what she was thinking. And I'm like, the girls are in the next room and right. they have real good hearing. Oh so my let's gosh. Not. <laughs> right. Yeah. Biggest ears on the planet. Uh -huh. These kids. kids. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's insane. I know. So, but then I also know, like I've had moments of really high emotion where I've said things yeah. that I shouldn't like, I remember one time, um, my son Danny was having a really bad allergic reaction uh -huh. and we didn't have any Benadryl and I needed to go. I had all three kids and my husband was in class uh -huh. um, and I needed to go and buy some Benadryl, but I wasn't sure I had enough money. Um, and I had just shelled out a bunch of money for the girls stuff and we were like waiting to get reimbursed right. and every, like the payments were overdue uh -huh. and I'm crying because my baby is like swelling up and mm. breaking out. And I'm like, I can't get my son what I need because I just shelled out all this money and your mom's too selfish to uh -huh. like, you know, actually pay things on time. And, um, I was like, oh, crap. I just said that out loud. That happens a lot when we have fear yeah. happening, like fear that he's going to be okay, that he's going to yeah. be able to breathe. Right. Yeah. And I did. I needed to go back and apologize to the kids for that. And, uh -huh. I, you know, you know, girls, that wasn't appropriate of me. I'm sorry I said that in front of you. 
I know she's doing her best and she loves you. And, you know, I'm also trying my best. And sometimes I need to be more conscious of that. (laughs) One of my mistakes sort of similar to that, the girls, my girls have been really forgiving. Did you find the same thing with yours? Yes. Yeah. Which is nice with younger stepkids. Yeah. They were really sweet and like hugged me and, you know, they were like, mom, we were really worried about Danny too. And we want him to have what he needs. You know, they're very sweet and loving. Uh Um, so I think if you're willing, especially if you as the adult can take the first step towards healing issues like that, mm-hmm. I think kids will follow suit pretty yeah, quickly. I think so too. I think in my parents' generation, it was really common for people not to apologize like parents. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I totally am like, when I, I found that when I own my stuff, the girls are like, oh yeah, it's okay. And I'm like, it's really not okay. And I'm trying to do better. I thank yeah. you. I appreciate <laughs> that you're forgiving me for it, but right. <laughs> I'm working on it just so you know. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Back to our topic. We get off topic sometimes. Oh, no. That was still on topic. <laughs> yeah. Totally Ish. on topic. Ish. It was step parenting. All things step parenting. Yeah. Completely related. <laughs> we might cover all of them in one podcast. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we will always come back around to what we were intending to talk about. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So some other things that you might hear Uh, are things like loyalty bind. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, that's something that we've brought up on the podcast before. I said it in one of my stories and um, my sister reached out to me and was like, hey, people might not know what that means. (laughs) I was like, oh, "Oh, yeah, you're right. (laughs) I should probably double back and Mm -hmm. loop people in on that Mm -hmm. one. So a loyalty bind uh, is often related to parental alienation. But it's a lot of times when a parent uh, wants the children to show more loyalty to them than to the other parent or to their step-parent counterpart. And the kid feels like they're being disloyal if they're choosing to do what one parent asks them over the other parent. Right. So, for example, if if the bio parent gets upset at the kids for not using the word step to address Mm -hmm. other family members... um, that can cause a loyalty bind yeah. in the child. Um, also, things like, I miss you so much. I don't know what to do when you're not here with me. Um, I've had two step parents reach out to me this week and told me that that's happened with their stepkids this uh-huh. week. That the bio mom is just making a big scene and carrying on and I'm going to miss you. What am I going to do without you? I'm so sad you're not going to be here. And whoever that's coming from, it's totally not appropriate. As adults, we have got to handle our emotions. That has nothing to do with the kids and we need to make it as low stress for them to transition to the other house as possible. Mm -hmm. And it puts the kids and it puts the other parent in a really hard position too Mm -hmm. because they're not doing that and so the kid's like you don't you care about me don't you love me and want me to be here yeah it's tough well and then the kid is constantly worried about that parent yes like oh Oh I need to go and be with them I need to make sure that that parent is okay I'm worried about that parent and I need to call them I need to FaceTime them yeah Uh Um, I should be living with them I'm gonna try and run away and go live with them so I can check on them and make sure that they're not sad And um, that's something that my younger stepdaughter was dealing with quite a bit. Both of them dealt with it, but there were times when we would be transitioning and, you know, we had even things written into our order about parents staying in cars and just the kids moving. And still it would happen that, you know, the other parent would get out of the car and the kids would be trying to walk away and 
the smaller one would get pulled back again and hugged and whispered in her ear. And by the time she would get to our car, she would just be sobbing hysterically. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, hey, that's so unhealthy. Yeah, it really is. I read a book about that when I first started my graduate program because my oldest stepdaughter was having a hard time transitioning. Mm-hmm. And I don't think her mom was doing anything. I think it was just a lot of upheaval in her life at the time. Right. Things were a struggle. And the book is called The Drama of the Gifted Child. And it's about how kids on a subconscious level, when they're worried about their parents, they feel like they need to be there with them to protect them because kids rely on their parents to survive. Uh-huh. And if something happens to their parent that they aren't going to survive and it's all subconscious. They don't know they're doing it. Mm-hmm. But um, I think as like mentally and emotionally healthy parents and people and adults, we should always like try to do our best not to create these things in our kids because it's just setting them up. Right. So examples of helping your kid through transition is like, if you know of an activity that they're going to do with their other parent, you can say, Hey, you know, are you excited to do this? Have mm-hmm. so much fun. We love you so much. You know, we'll see you on whatever the day that's planned mm-hmm. for next transition is. Um, you know, just enjoy your time. Have fun with your mom. Have fun with your dad. Exactly. And it sets the kid up to be happy there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that's how to avoid a loyalty bind and also <laughs> what it is. Yes. Um, the next one is mini wife syndrome. And this tends to happen mostly with... Um, daughters. So hence wife. But so basically um, they have seen their father alone for a period of time and have kind of stepped up and stepped into the role of being a sort of wife to their dad. Mm -hmm. Um, So they might do things for him like go get him drinks from the fridge or cook dinner. And those are okay-ish, but they also might do things like sit on his lap or sit between mm-hmm. you as the step-parent and um, and their dad and snuggle up to him. And what else? You know a lot about this one too. <laughs> Not because you've experienced it, but because you've heard about it, right? Well, I mean, I have experienced it to an extent. My older stepdaughter, uh, you know, hers is kind of tied more into a parentification that happens with her. So yeah. um Sometimes she is treated more like a parent when she's at the other household and she ends up doing a lot of parental things for her little sister. Uh And then when she comes back here, um, she will try to parent her younger siblings Uh and we deal with that a lot. But then she also expects to be included in a lot of adult things (laughs) like advice and Mm -hmm. discussions and stuff like that yes um and that's really difficult as well so I think my husband has done a really good job setting those boundaries so that we don't end up with um a lot of the wife symptoms Mm so-called um and we all work a lot we've been working a lot on the parentification piece Uh um but I think that it's definitely something that happens with older siblings a lot. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Yeah. So, and then that can build resentment between the oldest stepdaughter and the stepmom because it's like, hey, you're you're kind of stepping on my toes here, little yeah, kiddo. Overstepping the boundaries. And <laughs> yeah. I think like it's hard on her as a kid too to go back and forth between houses and have an expectation at one house where she's not the parent Mm -hmm. at all and Mm -hmm. shouldn't be and doesn't act that way. And then go to the other house where she's expected to be another parent to her sister. Right. It's so hard on kids. 
Yeah. So one thing we've used with that is, you know, that healthy boundary setting Mm -hmm. um, that's reinforced by both parents in the home. Mm -hmm. And then also, um, I lost my train of thought. (laughs) There it goes. (laughs) (laughs) Train has departed the station. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah. We also, uh, when we catch her, like, jumping into our grown-up conversations, Mm -hmm. we put the kibosh on that. And you know, we'll tell her, Hey, this is a mom and dad worry. Right. You don't need to worry about it. We've so, done that too. I like that. You know, walk your little butt back out and uh-huh. play with your siblings. Exactly. Somewhere. Go have fun and be a kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> be the child that you are. Yes. You know, okay. you're not an adult. You don't need to be in adult conversations. You don't need to order off the adult menu. You can, <laughs> you know, like you are a kid still. Yeah. Enjoy it while you can. Seriously. <laughs> No responsibilities. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, the next one is called golden uterus syndrome. And this usually refers to a biological mom who is like, I'm the mom. I know what's best for the kid, full stop. Like, because I'm the mom, because I'm the better parent, I think a lot of times is implied. Mm-hmm. Like, your decision making is not as good as mine is because I'm their mom and I know what I should do mm-hmm. with these kids. And it's always my kids. It's not our kids. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then there's also, you know, when there are other children involved in the blended family, it's, you know, my children were here first. My children are the important children. Yeah. My children's needs come first. My children's wants come before the other children's needs. Mm -hmm. That kind of an attitude. Yeah. Very entitled. I can do no wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that one, um, I think is common. And But kind of with these, just think about your perspective too and their perspective and alternate reasons they could be doing things. Mm -hmm. Because when there's not good communication between co-parents, a lot of times we make assumptions. And a lot of times those assumptions are not correct. And so um, until we understand the other person's reasoning for doing things, we might mislabel them as, for example, being high conflict when really they're like, these are my babies and they're everything I have. And I want to make sure that they're really well taken care of all the time. Right. And that is one of the hardest things in blended families, I think. I agree. Is being able to take the perspective of the other family members. Yeah. And, you know, see that they might have logical reasons for the things that they're doing that you feel are insane. Yes. Right? (laughs) Right. But to them, it makes complete sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, we've talked about that in other episodes as well. Uh And I think that, I think that these labels and these terms are important because they help us with the logistics and with quickly explaining our situation so that we can get to the meat of issues. But I also think it's important not to get stuck on these labels and not to, uh, think that labels can't change. It's true. We can create space for change and growth in our families. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just want our listeners to know that um, just because things are the way they are right now, it doesn't mean that's the way they will be forever. It's so true. I was thinking about that literally on the drive up today. Yeah. (laughs) Things can change and it will a lot of times happen when you're when you've let go of control of it, basically, mm-hmm. like you're like, I can't do this. It's just how it is. And then all of a sudden things shift a little bit. Yep. 
(laughs) (laughs) So true. All right. So that's our quick little episode on terminology in blended families. Thanks for listening. We hope you all have a great week. And you can find us on social media or email us at steppingforwardpodcast at gmail.com. And we would love to hear from you. We love hearing from our listeners. We uh, have enjoyed reading through every email. And uh, we, oh my gosh, we've got some awesome people out there. It's true. I love you people. You're my people. (laughs) What do you mean, you people? (laughs) What do you mean, you people? (laughs) (laughs) All right. We love you you guys. Keep on stepping. (laughs) Only want love in this heart. Don't know it all, but it's a start. No room for hate. Nothing.